What's up, guys? Welcome to uh, Coast to Coast. I'm joined by my uh, co-host here, Mateo Mayorga from Five Reason Sports. Uh, excited to do this with you, man. What's up? Uh, it's good to finally be here, you know, finally get a crack at talking about the offseason and what's going on. How are you doing? Good, man. Um, let's dig right into that, dude. There's obviously a lot of uh, uh, noise this offseason. Uh, a lot of things that have happened. Free agency has really come and gone. There's still some uh, key uh, f- restricted free agents out there like P.J. Tucker, I believe. Not P.J. Tucker, P.J. Washington from the Hornets. Um, we got some uh, decent names out there still. But, uh, yeah, man, obviously there's a, a lot. Though. Obviously we have the Dame uh, things coming out. Um, just it's crazy. So let's start with this free agency, man. What was uh, a move that you liked the most? We'll talk down the line of all the really the key things that happened. What's uh, like one move right off the bat? You said, man, that's a good signing for that team. Well, it's, it wasn't really a, a signing. It's like an agreed upon trade. It's the Obi Toppin going to the Indiana Pacers, mm-hmm. a couple of second round picks and a trade exception. He is one of my early candidates for most improved player next year. It's it goes to show you one of like the draft failures of the New York Knicks. And, you know, I don't want to be too hard on them when they when they uh, picked him. You know, I don't think they were expecting to, you know, keep Julius Randle for so much time. He just ended up balling out for a couple seasons after that. But Obi Toppin is a guy who I think is very athletic, has a streaky three-point shot, but I think can do some things. And playing in a lineup with Therese Halliburton, I think they're going to feature him a lot more as a starter. Like, yeah. he's definitely an average more than 15 minutes a game. He's going to be someone they use a lot and pick and roll and you know he really could be someone that you know just shines a lot just playing double the minutes in a new, on a new team yeah as you said look he got he went to the pages for two second round picks Knicks literally just gave him away and Nick I have some Knicks fans in my life saying oh watch now he's going to ball out in the, in, in the Pacers but the reality is there's this wasn't enough minutes for him to play Thibodeau kind of messed that one up but uh, he had his rotation and once he set in you know Tibbs he's pretty stubborn about it but for for Obi Toppin, this is a great uh, you know opportunity for him. Uh, as you said, he can shoot the three ball. He's gotten better. I just don't think he had a real opportunity with the Knicks. I think he's going to get a real opportunity here. He might even play at the five a little bit at times. We saw that with uh, the Knicks, where he, honestly he just plays the best at that position when he when he has the opportunity. Um, he can mismatch at times. He can shoot the ball. I mean, he's really a great a great little. Like I said, Pacers got him for nothing. Two second round picks in the futures, virtually. Let Let's hope you get lucky and see what happens, but. For the Pacers, we also have to talk about uh, Denver Nuggets. Look, you live in Denver. Uh, let's talk about uh, Bruce Brown going to uh, the Pacers. He definitely cashed in on that championship. Two years, $45 million. He definitely had a big payday. Uh, what's the reaction like in Denver? And more importantly, what do you think of that signing for the Pacers? Well, Brucey e. B is certainly going to be missed around here, you know, at the press conference after the Game 5 win where they got the championship. You know, he, he could have been just a little bit too uh, doused in champagne. Like everybody <laughs> was talking like he was going to say he was saying that type of stuff, even at yeah. the parade, like he was going along with Malone. But, you know, the, the really meant everybody's kind of happy for him out here. Nobody's saying, ah, that Bruce Brown, he should have stayed. No, like he really earned himself a bag. And, you know, the second uh, year of this deal is a team option, which kind of, you know, 
doesn't make it as you know great, but he's still going to get some lucrative cash for the, uh, the following season, which is 2023, 2024. And I think he really helps the Indiana Pacers if he want if they want to put him in the starting rotation or off the bench because he's someone that can give you 15 points a game without having a play run for him because he's just so active relocating on the perimeter, cutting inside, um, you know, running hard on the fast or on the break or just going for offensive rebounds. So that is a huge addition for the Indiana Pacers. Hopefully they can keep him long-term too. Yeah, well said. And listen, uh, for all the Nuggets fans or people that don't really follow the NBA as as much for the casuals out there, uh, the Denver Nuggets are kind of torn and tied up because they could only give them, I believe, $8 million because of the way their, their cap is. So honestly, they really couldn't match anything that Bruce Brown got. So it's kind of a tough loss. But look, we saw Christian Brown uh, take an emergency defensively. Uh, in the Nuggets in the finals, he had some uh, – at one point, he had like game five, he had a 15-point game, a couple steals. Uh, defensively, he's great. He, he's I think the Nuggets are going to lean high on him next season. He's I seem seems to be, quote-unquote, their Bruce Brown now. But uh, they also have some other draft guys like Julian Strother from Gonzaga who made that big shot in March Madness to go to the championship – or close – knocked down a big shot. But overall, man, I think – I think look, it's obviously tough to lose Bruce Brown, but I think the Nuggets are going to be fine. I think they have other players that they can rely on. Obviously, it's hard to find another Bruce Brown, but – uh, you know, this Denver team will be fine. I will say that they've had a tough free agency so far, but uh, I don't think they're done by any stretch. You know, one of the uh, big players you just mentioned is Christian Brown, because this year, you know, what I noticed towards like the middle going to the end, they were kind of grooming him to you know, in case of emergency, replace Bruce Brown, you know, they kind of have similar play styles. And, you know, Christian is someone who goes all out defensively, can guard at least three positions, you know, is also someone yeah. who score without plays running for him. He's um, maybe a streaky three-point shooter, but he's going to improve at that. But he's, you know, super athletic. And I think that catches a lot of people by surprise because Christian Brown this year caught a few bodies, you know, just going towards the rim and slamming some dunks. So he's definitely a very promising player for the um, Denver Nuggets. And they have him signed up long-term along with guys like Jamal Murray, Porter, Nikola Jokic, uh, Aaron Gordon, Contavious Caldwell-Pope will be here for some time too. So, you know, the Port, oh, excuse me, the Denver Nuggets are still in a good position. Losing Bruce Brown hurts, but, you know, they were in a position where they could only offer him, I think, 7.8 million. Yeah, something like that. He, he went to a spot where he was offered triple that. You really can't compete with that situation. Yeah, exactly. I mean, um, like I said, their their cap really restricted them from what they can do. So that's fine. Um, let's get to uh, one of my favorite settings so far in free agency. I just can't believe that this team landed him for this price. It was two years, $5.6 million, I believe. That's Eric Gordon to the Suns. Um, that is the perfect uh, signing for that team, for what they need. I mean, there was uh, reports that actually Eric Gordon said himself, he turned out big off, bigger money, I should say, compared to what he was with the sign with the Suns. I think at this point he just wants to win a championship in his career. Uh, I don't think he wants to, you know, be a, a guy who can score a lot of points on a crappy team. Um, that was a great, great signing for the and for the Suns. Also, they got Bates D up from the Spurs last year. He plays pretty solid. They got Drew Eubanks uh, in free agency. That was a pretty nice sign for them. Um, they got, uh, Yana B, I believe his name is from the Nets. Uh, that was KD's former teammate. There was a stretch where he didn't miss a three for two months. Um, honestly, the, yeah. yeah, the Suns did pretty well here, man. what do you think about their offseason so far, considering what they, all that money tied up to their four players? Well, I don't want to give away like a future answer, something we're going to talk about in, in, an, in another topic later on the show, but mm -hmm. you know, as far as Eric Gordon, 
you know, he's entering his 16th season. He can probably still do some things. He doesn't have the first step he used to as a younger player. No doubt he's been in the league a long time, but he can hit some open shots. And, you know, if they're playing the right way, you know, obviously not going heavily into ISO, screening a lot for their teammates, moving the ball a lot, you know, he could be the byproduct of some open like looks because you know Durant is drawing extra help Booker you know uh, got some um, doubles flash towards his um, direction or also also something for Beal if you know if Eric Gordon is sharing the floor with either one of these guys so I think he's going to have some or he's going to be someone that has a, a pretty good year next to these guys like you said um the Phoenix Suns kind of Sign all these guys quickly. Yuta Watanabe was another guy from the uh, Brooklyn Nets who was kind of like a dead eye in his like sparse minutes. Yeah, sure. Him play, but I think that's a pretty good pickup as well. D- Damian Lee, he- he's also coming back, but they, they, I think they might be almost done with what they're doing, the Phoenix Suns. But yeah. I know we're gonna speak about, we might speak about them a little later, but um. They're looking good. Seriously. Yeah, I don't want to give too much away. We're going to talk about our winners of the offseason so far later on. But um, I want to talk – well, we'll talk about that in a bit, actually. But let's talk about Dame to the Heat for a second, potentially, and what the Heat have done so far this offseason. Um, when I was driving up to Tampa, I was in the car. I got the, the best possible news in the worst situation as I'm driving, so I couldn't see all the text at the time. But that was Dame has finally requested a trade uh, out of Portland. He's – arguably the most loyal guy in sports the last really 10 years we've seen. Uh, he has refused to leave Portland. He wanted to win there for so long. And he's just, look, they drafted Scoot Henderson, Trailblazers did the right choice. It honestly would have been malpractice if they traded the pick just to make Dame happier. There was really nothing out there that could have made them a contender. Uh, so they did the right thing by drafting Scoot, who I think is going to be a really good player in this league to pair up with Shaden Sharp for the future. Um, and look, they had a GM meeting of Dame and, and he wanted to give them a couple more days to see what they would do in free agency. They obviously signed Jeremy Grant to a five-year $160 million deal. That's a boatload of cash for him. But that, look, that's the new CBA. People are going to see that number and say, whoa. But in the future, that's going to look like a steal. Um, look, there's been numerous reports that Dame has wants to go to Miami and Miami only. And uh, there's other teams you know, that have interest in trading for Dame. But uh, do they want to trade all those assets for a disgruntled star if he doesn't go to the situation he wants? Portland said that uh, behind the doors that they will do him right by trading to the team he wants to go. But uh, it seems like Hero is now the sticking point. They don't want Hero, uh, so on and so on. But uh, let's first talk about Dame and what the Heat did uh, this offseason because there's a couple of signings that they did that I liked. But let's start with Dame first and potentially all the noise. Well, it seems like he's hell-bent on getting to Miami. Shams is... <laughs> Thing that you know uh, Sharania of the athletic you know gets good information I, I believe him on this he recently uh, I think in his article this morning said that uh, other teams would be uh, reluctant to get involved because mm-hmm. they don't want to have a disgruntled star on their on their hands yeah like I said but you know he's Damian Lillard has played with the Portland Trailblazers 11 years and I, I want to be fair like I can't recall off the top of my head like them giving him more than like a few to a handful at best, like groups, you know, to compete, you know, some with LaMarcus Aldridge, you know, maybe a couple with, you know, CJ McCollum that underachieved one year, they went to the conference finals against the Warriors in 2019, but were swept. And that was with Kevin Durant missing because he had a, a strained calf at the time before he tore it in the NBA finals. But, you know, it seems like the only person kind of like doing the Portland Trailblazers is bidding is Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN. Yeah, exactly. 
he's the one being you know so so gung ho about uh yeah the heat's package doesn't interest them it, it, it kind of like the way his his tone kind of makes it strike like uh Tyler Hero some chopped liver I don't think so it's just like you know they got some a very similar player and Anthony Simons who is you know kind of like on a similar type of deal but you know the Heat kind of need another player or excuse me another team to get involved in this situation but right now you know I know you say the the Trailblazers with that third pick they they had to do what was right for them you know they've always been doing that you know it, it Dame right now is doing what, what's right for him. And, you know, he, he doesn't want to, ret- it seems like he doesn't want to retire ringless. And, you know, it, it's it, it just my personal opinion, all, all of this, like talk about, you know, him not caring a lot about what people say. It may not be so true because getting to Miami means just one thing. You want to win. That is the Eastern Conference champion. It's not like he's saying, you know, Philadelphia. And it's like a lot of media people are trying to push that and you know tell you the truth I, I don't even think they'd be that good because and be <laughs> break every year you know it's very clear what he wants you know I, I don't think it would be a great thing if they you know tried to send him to the equivalent of NBA Siberia for like the, the greatest package like I know the the Raptors you know did the best oh, excuse me the Spurs did the best they could you know doing a deal with the Raptors you know Kawhi did his time there you know Kyrie also got you know dealt to the um Boston Celtics, but those players didn't stay. You know, if you trade for Dame and he doesn't want to be there, you're running a well. You know, you're running a serious risk of at least having a headache on your hands because he's you know he signed up long term. He really just can't get up and walk. But you know, this is a good thing for the the Heat. It's, it's just the only issue is it's going to probably take a while to you know. Yeah, exactly. Uh, materialize. Excuse me. And Go for on. for any fan that's going to get a superstar player potential in their team, they want it done within the next day. It's just not realistic. Um, I do believe ultimately before the season starts, uh, he's going to be in a heat Jersey, but look, this is the greatest player in Portland trail blazers history. In my opinion, they need to get this right. They need to get the most uh, value. Um, and look, Tyler hero and a couple first let's be real for all the other deals that we've seen for KD and, uh, you know, other big stars, obviously Donovan Mitchell last season, hell even go bear. Um, they they want to try to get as much as possible. They're not going to get close to what those deals were. But uh, look, you want to get at least some value for one of the best players in your franchise. So I don't blame the Blazers for taking as long as they want. They got to get this right. It really seems I've seen a couple of contradicting reports that Ben Simmons is really the hold up in this deal, whether the Heat want to get him or not. Then it's Yusuf Nurkic uh, in a salary dump to Miami. And then the Nets want now potentially Tyler Harrow. But how many firsts is going to cost them? So I do think we're going to see a three-team uh, deal here, but uh, it's going to take some time. These are things are very complicated. Could even see a four-team deal, as I saw in some things. But it's going to take some time. I do not believe all the re- other reports that uh, uh, he's going to go to potentially another team. Shams tweeted out earlier that not many teams are interested in training for Dame because they don't want a disgruntled star. Why would you give up all these assets to get a guy who doesn't want to be there? So ultimately, I do think he's going to land with Miami, but it's going to take time, as you said. And uh, I'm kind of curious to see what they get back. Um, I hope they can keep Hakez, who looks pretty good in game one of the summer league. We'll see him tonight again. Jovic uh, looks pretty promising. He's gained some weight on, in the muscles. Um, obviously, Martin is big to keep him there, I mean, under that contract and what he did in the postseason. So overall, um, what do you think about that? Well, real quick before I touch on Dame, you, you said he was like the, the best Portland Trailblazer. You know, I, I certainly got him in the top three with, you know, Bill Walton, you know, Clyde. 
and yeah. those two guys, but like Clyde didn't win with them, but Bill Walton did in 1977, beating the 77-76ers, regarded as one of the greatest teams to never win a title, kind of like the 2016 yeah. um, uh, Golden State Warriors. But, you know, back to Dame. This is very bad for, you know, I think the Heat and the Portland Trailblazers if he doesn't get traded because, you know, if you're the Trailblazers and you get to training camp, you you got your star player pissed off, you know. You know, I, I think he's a professional. I don't think he would not show up to camp. Exactly, I agree. Then. But, you know, in the event that, like, let's say, like, hypothetically speaking, he's traded somewhere else like, where he doesn't want to go, perhaps, like, his, you know, ultimate trump card is threatening with, or uh, that he's not going to go to or to prevent one of those type of things. But, you know, it's, it's bad for Miami, too, because, you know, you know, you you have players that you know are on the books right now who are you know kind of wondering am i going to get moved you don't want these things kind of lingering in their head for a while you know i think one of the reasons tyler hero struggled as a second year player in 2020 2021 fresh out of the bubble was because he was rumored to be you know in this supposed deal for james harden and you know <laughs> the houston Rockets didn't even really want tyler hero at the time so like you know after the trade deadline that year, I remember him and Duncan Robinson really picking up their game. So, you know, like these type of th these guys, the players are human, you know, like them being uncertain about their situation affects them, you know, in every aspect of their life and, you know, like also their game. So this is not a good thing to have lingering around, you know, going into training camp. Yeah, you said it best, man. Um Time will tell. I Like I said, I think Dame's a professional. I think he would show up if he's still there on the team, but I don't think there's any chance he's there before the season starts. Um, I think we're going to see an end of this at some point. I don't think it's going to be relatively soon. I think it could take at least a couple weeks. Like I said, these deals are hard to uh, to do, man, um, Three, especially three-team or four-team trades. It takes Everyone's got to be happy, and it's hard to make one GM happy, so to make multiple GMs happy and get what they want, it's going to take some time. So um, well said on Dame. Let's talk about the quick signs they did. Um, they have deja vu and a romance again with Josh Richardson. Uh, he took the minimum deal. Uh, there was reports that Eric Spolster called Josh Richardson personally and, and, and basically closed the deal that he came back to Miami. Josh wanted to be here. He has a two year deal with the second deal or second year being a player option. Uh, to see how he plays, he's obviously probably going to get more money in the second year if he plays the way I think he's going to play this season. Just a great pickup, man. He's just a basketball player, plays hard, solid D, inconsistent at times of shooting. But, you know, for what he needs to do on that team, uh, he's he's familiar with the culture. Uh, I think he's going to be grand, fine. And I was very, very um, – I thought it was important for him this season to find a quality big man. I like Zeller. He played hard, played tough. But let's be realistic. He His time in Miami was coming to an end. I don't think he – we saw in the finals his playing time diminish a lot. Uh I always admire guys who play hard. I have nothing against Zeller. Just he got a three, he got a one year, $3 million deal with the Pelicans. Good for him. But dude, Thomas Bryant is, is a pretty good backup. He didn't get much playing time with the Denver Nuggets at the end of the year and in playoffs, particularly the finals. I don't even think we saw him for a minute in the finals, but this guy can play, man. He's a baller. Um, he plays hard. He can shoot. He can rebound. Uh, defensively at times, he's pretty good. He needs to be better on the pick and roll. But overall, I like. I like the two signings they did with, with the money they had. Obviously, they couldn't re-sign Gabe and they couldn't re-sign um, Struess because partly because of the cap and partly because of the Damian Lillard sweepstakes here. But uh, what do you think about those two signings for the Heat? Well, 
before I get into them, you, you mentioned Zeller. Man, that one minute he was in in the fourth quarter at the start of well, the start of the fourth quarter of Game Five was a real killer for the Miami Heat. You know, really, <laughs> I'm not sure a lot of fans will miss him. You're a real honorable man, my friend. But you know, Josh Richardson going to him, you know, one of the Heat signings. His career was on the uptick before he was included as you know the Heat's uh, uh attract one of the, their attractive pieces. In he the was gym. the main. He was the main piece in the Butler trade. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like into the 2019-14 swap. You know, you know, not like he wasn't gonna be like a uh, a household name, but he was turning into like maybe one of the better role players in the league because he could defend. Had a streaky jump shot from three point range, but you know the defense part really moved a lot of people, some teams, and you know he could do some things. You know, like r- running the floor hard in, in transition. But you know, having him back is a good thing. It's it's not a great sign that you know. Over the last four years, he's been tossed around like loose bills at a strip club. You know, <laughs> well, why haven't they wanted Josh? You know, maybe he's just not their cup of tea. Maybe he's just a heat guy and it's, you know, just the heater getting lucky with this one. But uh, Orlando Robinson, he's he's going to come back. You know, this is kind of like an, an insurance policy signing. I, I, they um along with Thomas Bryant, you know, Orlando's had some time in the heat system. He still needs some, you know, okay. improvement, I think, in the in the uh the minor league you know because I, I think he needs to get some a little bit stronger fingers sometimes when i see when he catches the ball um opposing a defender swipe it and he loses it but he's a, a a young big man a prospect it takes time for them to develop so this is not a bad signing for the heat thomas bryant you know the reason why i don't think he got a lot of time is because he is one of the poorest defensive centers in the league you know when he gets a lot of usage he can put up some points, but he is someone that I think uh, teams uh, attack very yeah. quickly if they see him on the court a lot of time. And the Denver Nuggets th- didn't even have to risk it at all. So not bad signings, but, you know, it's th- these are just like, you know, kind of like momentary things like, th- you know what they're waiting for. You know, they're, they're not going to like uh, outspend so they can't like go for day. Oh, of course, you know, it has to be through trade, but you know, they're not going to put, take themselves out of a position to like, exactly. These sign these signings are insurance and they did enough to, to still get Dame if he wants to come here, which they probably will. So uh, considering what they, the options were and the money they had, I thought these are two pretty good signings. I really do. For sure. Um, you know, Go ahead. You know, at, at a bio, you know, th- these guys, I would see like uh, Orlando and Thomas, if you know they're still around like past February, they would be getting time in the regular season. Bam Adebayo was a very high usage player, especially in the NBA finals. Like tell you the truth, like when they were in the championship round, I was kind of considering like, could his body hold up, you know, going, you know, Mm -hmm. over 45 minutes, you know, it's, it's hellacious, you know, to ask that of someone, but you know, Bam is just such a great athlete and it was so important to the team that, you know, there was a serious drop off with whoever was behind him, but you know, I was kind of thinking, could they do what's necessary and go crazy and play him the, the whole way? Obviously, they didn't, but you know, you know, unless they get some, uh, some guys who aren't direct liabilities, I can't see them, you know, uh, giving him more time to rest in the playoffs. Yeah. Um. Listen, man. Uh. That's. We're going to see in the next couple of weeks, potentially with Dame, but uh, considering their options that he did pretty well, I wouldn't be surprised if they signed one more, one or two more names. Uh, but look, something I should note that look, 
the the money's running out for a lot of these teams with a cap and uh there's going to be some players that that teams that get for steals like pj washington is going to be one of them uh i think they're going to take a one-year deal and there's a prove it deal because money is tied up man for a lot of these teams so we'll see but we're going to talk about that a little bit later um let's get into uh women yaba and the spurs obviously he's he's you know quote unquote from Woj, the greatest prospect in sports history we have uh, other players saying by year three he's gonna be the best player in the nba this year he could potentially be a top five defender in the league uh i do have some questions about uh, the offense is gonna gonna show this year i do i do believe in the talent i do believe overall he's gonna be a really good player but uh let's talk about what the spurs did so far and and women yama obviously we talked the other day. You had a couple of things you wanted to talk about with Wembenyama, so the floor is yours on that one. Go ahead. Okay, spoiler alert. The reason I, I haven't written about this in my uh, hoop diary is <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting to, you know, speak to some real honchos who, who played the position, who can give me some insight, perhaps on some stuff I'm missing. I will eventually get this one out there. But, you know, I think he's going to be a good player. But here's the thing. Adrian Wojnarowski has lost his mind saying he's, the best prospect ever and you know these this is a lot to put on a young man who's 19 20 years old and and also say he's possibly going to be the best player in the world after his third season I've been watching quite a bit of Victor on my time off I saw him in the games against Monaco and the um national team game against Lithuania uh against Strasbourg as well he can do some things I think his best asset offensively is his passing. You know, what I don't like about Victor is that he's like a seven, four, seven, four, seven, five off guard. And it's the reason I think he plays that way is because he is not strong enough to get to where he wants to go all of the time. And for that reason, you know, if, if he is getting bumped off of his spots by guys like, um, uh, Mike Scott, who used to play for the Philadelphia 76ers, who is playing, <laughs> last year played on a team, Nancy. Um, guys like Donatus Montiunis, who is now playing in Monaco. This is a, a seven-footer who used to play in the league, who's no longer in the NBA, would probably be a backup. Now, if these guys are giving him trouble, I have no doubt he's probably going to experience some difficulty as a rookie. And, you know, People are going to be like, oh, my God, they sold us as a this generational uh, talent and he's struggling immediately. A lot of people might sell their stock immediately. I think that's going to be a mistake. Like, like I've said a bunch of times with you, Rob, centers, you know, especially big men, him, the guys his size, they do not develop on a guard or forwards timeline. Like he could still be a good player. I think he will be. But, you know, these expectations like from Sam Vecini of the athletic that he's Kareem, Shaq, Tim Duncan. It's like, where are you getting this from? Like he doesn't pop like those guys. He, you know, he takes a lot of jump shots because he has to because he can't get low. That those guys, Kareem, Kareem, he was Lou Cinder at the time at UCLA. He was one of the most dominant high school and college players ever or might be the most ever um Shaquille O'Neal when he came into the league like Kareem and you know like Tim Duncan these were guys who were you know 22 23 years old they were considerably much bigger and you know they had so much more mental development than Victor Wembanyama. I listened to his interview with JJ Reddick he sounds like a very bright young man and someone much wiser than his years but man like it is not fair the position the media has put him in because you know he's really a kid who didn't do anything but his job and everybody started following him around because he's good at it yeah 
Um, you made some great points, man. Look, with Wembenyama, I, I believe the hype. I believe he's going to be an extraordinary player. I, I believe this is a once-in-a-generational talent. I mean, look at him. He's 7'4", can do a lot of things. I mean, defensively is what I'm excited to see most um, with the shot blocking. He can really cover a long radius, man. It's insane. Um, the shooting – people don't re- – a lot of casual fans don't realize like he's not a, a 45 to 50 percent, 35 percent three point shooter. I mean, the guy really struggled from three. He's got great form. I do believe Popovich and that team is going to coach him up to be a, a a respectable shooter for year one. And ultimately, his jump shots really going to dictate how great he can be, because if he gets a jump shot, man, uh, it, it's over. But look. I think we have to be patient when Wemby year one. I, I think there's going to be some struggles at times on offense. Defensively, I don't question it at all. I do I do believe that he's going to be great. Like you said, there's guys in, in, in overseas that are backing him down. That is going to be a little bit of concern. But as far as, you know, guarding the perimeter, uh, challenging shots, I have no question about that. I mean, he's going to be, from day one, uh, very, very impactful, impactful on that. But you're right, man. You make some great points. Um he 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 made a comment or a quote the other day, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I should say, that uh, he's not looking to build, uh, you know, be built, but he's looking to add muscle. I believe it was. Uh, I forgot what the quote was, but it was it was it was it was pretty funny. But uh, he kind of outsmarted some people. But look, maybe you know what it is. But overall, look, I believe in Wemby. I think it's going to take some time. Um, I think there's going to be some spurts where some rough patches where offensively he's going to have a hard time to get it going. But defensively, I don't really question it. I do believe that he's going to at some point get enough muscle to, to, to hold up with these guys. I'm not saying he's going to be, you know, shacked down low, you know, blocking everything left and right, but um, defensively I'm excited to see him, but I'm really more concerned about offensively and how he's going to, how he's going to do from season year one. But, uh, and you're right. I've seen a lot of his games. Passing's off the charts. He's really well at doing that. So, uh, off, off what I said, man, what do you think about that? Well, d- defensively, where I think he is going to shine is, you know, in drop coverages. I, I, you know, really ex- exclusively. I, I think that's where you got to play him right now because, truthfully, I, I don't see him move fast enough on the or at the outside, like the perimeter, to bother you know the quick ball handlers in the league. You know to handle, you know, switching on to smaller players at the next level. I think guys are going to blow past him and he's going to have trouble, you know, staying on the floor. If they're, they're hunting him down and bringing him outside. I, um, on the offensive end, what I don't like is um, that he took, what was it, like five, I think five three-pointers a game last year and uh, playing for the Metropolitan's 92 club. He was making like 28% of them. And that, I think, I think it, I, if I'm correct, it's about a foot or two, like you know, closer than the uh, than the NBA's three point arc. But again, I say that he's taking those because he's not strong enough to get where he wants to go. And again, you know, he, he needs to get stronger. I, I can't, I'm drawing a, a blank on the direct quote. I think he he said something about you know getting stronger, but um, that is going to take some serious time because he is seven foot five. And but you know. Uh, shifting real back uh, real quick back to the defensive end it's just you know it's hard for me to see his foot speed going back you know backpedaling you know improving going forward just I can't recall too many people in NBA history getting faster at backpedaling you know going forward yeah I think you can get a little quicker if you if your legs get a little bigger specifically in the hamstrings because that's where your explosion comes from as some athletes at at the collegiate level have told me but you know 
defensively, he I think he's going to have some trouble guarding the outside immediately. He I, I don't know if he's going to be a top uh, three or five rookie man seriously, but eventually you, you, people will see you know the the, the hard work he's put in. Eventually, I, I think he's going to be a good player, but immediately I I think people are going to be disappointed. Yeah, I will say this. I mean, he is like the landslide favorite to be rookie of the year. And I'm telling you right now, uh, you might want to hedge your bet somewhere else for a simple. People don't realize this, but you need to play 65 games to win rookie of the year. And I don't think he's going to, I don't think he's going to play, play remotely. I think he might play 50 games next season. Uh, I think that would be a, a pretty big win for the Spurs. I don't think he's going to play that many games next season. So that's number one. Number two, there's some serious value in rookie of the year, man. Um, we'll talk about that later in future pods, but uh, that's a little, uh, inside information for you there, but I agree. Um, I don't know if I'm willing to go outside top three to five rookie, but I do believe that he probably won't win rookie of the year. Go ahead. You know, I really, that's a great point where you brought up about the missing games because, you know, he's so thin, you know, and the way he, um, some of the actions he likes to get into, if, if he runs a bunch of, you know, dribble handoffs, you know, naturally, after the uh, the big man gives up the ball to a guard or the forward, you know, whoever came curling for it, they're sacrificing their body with the pick. And if he runs this play a, a whole lot, you know, a defender is going to be crashing into his body. And yeah. he's very thin. I'm not sure if, like, his body can put up with a full season of really banging if it's still a kid's body because he, he does not – Look, like I know he's tall as hell, but like he does not have a man's body yet. Eventually, it will get there. But you know, I'm glad you brought up rookie of the year because I think Brandon Miller has some of the best value. And truthfully, the Heat's rookie Jaime Hawkins, I think, has some of the best value too. Yes, at ten thousand at Fanduel, and I'll tell you why because the well, we'll see where he ends up. But here's the thing: like, let's just say he stays on Miami for now. The reserve rotations to my viewing, don't have too many guys who create their own shot. Jaime Jaquez, to me, looks like has the best footwork in the draft. So this is a guy who can create from himself. So he, it, it looks like he can get at least 12 points a game easy as a rookie in my eyes. So Score 21 I, points in the summer league already. You're, you're, you're right. And here's the thing. That was after a, a slow start in the first quarter. We might get into that a little later. Also uh, made a poster as well, just for a side note multiple actually yeah. in position but you know so again Jaime Hawkes plus 10,000 on FanDuel I, I love that value so uh pick him up there for um rookie of the year if you are into that type of game but you know Wampanyama man real quick back to him he's gonna struggle but I, I really hope people don't sell their stock immediately yeah and by the way we're not bashing Wimby at all I think he's a great prospect I do believe the hype he he is a generational talent. I do believe he's going to be one of. I'm not. I'm not willing to go top three players, but I think within year three or four, he could easily be a top ten player. Uh, it's to say top three. It's just so hard. There's so many great players in this league, man. I mean, to 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 surpass those guys in year three, it's so tough to do. So I'm not willing to go there yet, but I could easily see in year three him being a top ten player. Would you agree with that? It's a little early for me. Because here's the thing. He would have to be 22, 20. Uh, what is he? He's not, did he turn 20 yet? I, uh, I don't think so. He, no. He's 22 years old. Like, listen, you, you got to remember, 22 years old, even if you're still in year three, is still an NBA infant. Like, I, I know people say, like, oh, the average contract is, is less than five years. I, I get that. But we're not talking about those type of players. Like, 
a guy like Wembanyama, number one overall pick at 22, he still has so much, you know, to work for and and, and show. Like he is still going to be so far away from the finished product at that age. I'm I'm going to say no on that one because you know because. I think a lot of this has to do with his strength and, you know, it's, I don't think it's healthy, you know, to, you know, p- p- pile on a whole bunch of mass and you just couldn't, it's just one year on a guy, yeah. you know, like it's, it, it can't be good on their bones or their joints. I know, I don't think the Spurs would do that. They, they obviously know what they're doing, but you know, it seems a little early for me to be top 10 by, by 22 years old that, yeah. you know, that would fall in line with generationally. If you think he is that type of dude, you know, by all means make that prediction. It's just, I'm not there yet. And by the way, uh, speaking of Jaime Akes at plus $10,000, that is great value. I'm not saying this because it's a homer pick, but uh, he's a guy that I could easily see playing 65 games this year. You got to remember, you got to play 65 games to be eligible for this award. A lot of bettors probably won't know that. So uh, remember that rule when it comes to betting. Um, just, real real uh, quick, Rob, yeah. I, I messed up. I said fan duel for the audience. I, I'm sorry. The the, the t- good ticket I saw him on is on DraftKings. Excuse yeah. me, everyone. DraftKings. Okay. Well, that's a fun little nugget there. Um, yeah, look, and quick note on Brandon Miller. Are you concerned after one preseason game like all the other people? He fouled out. He only had six points, and and and, and defensively, it's going to be a concern. I mean, summer league, man. Uh, I know I, I I personally never hold any much stock into summer league. Uh, I think it's Brandon Miller just getting his nerves and wanting to show he could play right away and and, and impress. But look, man, these fouls are so – so contradictional sometimes he's he never i don't i think he fouled out twice in alabama his whole his whole season there so i'm not too concerned about it to be honest did he i mean i, I thought the california classic had a more you were allowed to draw more fouls like some ridiculous amount like maybe like eight or nine or like or like 10 or something like that i'm not i, I thought he had like what do you have like seven fouls in he, the in his debut uh i believe I no i think it was six i think it was six i think he had six and he fouled out Okay, you know, like, listen, I I didn't watch too much of him, but you know what I what I did see that was a little bit concerning to me is you know how in some moments he didn't look athletic against you know guys who are going into the NBA. And here's the thing: I'm not saying he's an unathletic guy. He looked like one of the you know the the, the top five freaks of the draft. You know, if you saw him play this last season, but you know it, it could be a lot, man. One poor summer league outing and you know I, he ended up putting up some points I think it was poor by his standards you know you don't want to put too much stock in that you, you don't want to overreact either so I I don't think so you know a lot of people have been you know talking about him for you know good or bad reasons you know considering you know what happened earlier in, yeah in the sure year. We'll, we'll leave <laughs> it at you know like at the end of the day he is still a, a young man with with that on his mind. So, you know, like I think he's going to be fine. Yeah. But same. Listen, being a pro at this age is, is very tough. It's hard, man. You're, you're used to being the guy your whole life to, you know, maybe being the second, third, even fourth option on another team. So it, it's hard to transition that way, but uh, I'm not concerned. Uh, like I said, it's one game of summer league. Let's at least see the whole season out there before we start to make a little bit of judgments. Uh, and the summer league is completely different from the regular season. So um, I'm not, I'm not concerned at all. Um, let's talk about uh, before we wrap this up, uh, some of our winners from the NBA offseason so far and free agency and vice versa. I'll give you the floor first. Who's uh, who's your team you liked and what they did. 
Well, can there be any bigger winner than the Phoenix Suns, my man? Listen, like when they got um, Bradley Beal, they were trading away an expired asset and Chris Paul, a guy in Landry Shamit, who I, I don't think is a good player, you know, a bunch of sloppy seconds. <laughs> oh, the Washington Wizards don't even have Chris Paul anymore. They managed to, you know, fleece the Warriors for uh, Jordan Poole, you know, in an exchange. I know the Warriors had to get rid of him, to, you know, for some, you know, money purposes to get yeah. under some a- for the apron. But, you know, that's still a bad deal. But going back to the Suns, Chris Paul didn't play for them in the second round. And again, Landry Shamit is not a good player. And you replaced him with real deal Bradley Beal. This guy, about a couple of seasons, no, in 2020, 2021, was a hair away from leading the league in scoring until Stephen Curry, you know, came away and, you know, stole the scoring crown at the end of the season. It was kind of amazing. But he, uh, Bradley was doing that while playing with Russell Westbrook in Washington. He is still a good player. He was a little banged up, you know, the time after and you know i i think you know it has to do with um also the soft tank the reason you didn't see him play so much this last year because you know washington knew what they were going to be doing for, for heading into the draft but he is one of the best guards in the league he's a three level scorer who you know if you defend him in drop coverage and pick and roll if as soon as the man defending him up top is shed through the screen the coverage is toast, man. Like you got him, who's a very similar player to Devin Booker, you know, kind of almost interchangeable next to Kevin Durant. And, you know, and you still have DeAndre. And like, they didn't give up a whole lot. I, I know people are going to say, yeah, they got a, they got three guys. Dude, they gave up nothing. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah, like They got guys that, yeah, they need, need to dribble the whole ball a lot. But listen, man, if your four best players are, are Beal, Durant, uh, Booker and eight, and, and you need to fill out the rest with, minimum guys you have a very good problem to have yeah well said man um look i think part of the reason why bradley beal was injured is because the wizards didn't want him out there um i think the injury thing is blown a little bit out of proportion uh, i'm not really concerned about the injury i think it's more washington just wanted to tank and see what, what pick they could get i mean what motivation is 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 there for bradley beal to play when they're 20 games under or you know don't really have a chance to make the play in um, that's one aspect of it, but look, the wizards got nothing in return for Beal. They got basically a salary dump and they moved Chris Paul away. Um, but however, there is a caveat to that. I do like what the wizards did considering the pieces they had and got back. Like Tyus Jones is now a starting point guard. He's a solid player. Jordan Poole, Look, he has his issues defensively, but the guy could still score. He's still a good player offensively. I mean, defensively it's, it's really going to make or break maybe how long he's in this league. Um, I want to talk a little bit about later about Jeremy Grant and Kuzma uh, as to why they signed those deals with those teams. But um, my winner is the Lakers, man, considering what they did and, and the space they had. Are you kidding me? They got Austin Reeves for four years, 55 million. You're telling me there's not one team out there like the Spurs or somebody that could give them a $98 million deal uh, and at least make a competitive for the Lakers uh, in the West. I mean, this is a team you're competing against. I'm sure that the Lakers would have matched $98 million, but to get them on a really, in my opinion, a big discount at $55 million for four years, the Colorado player that Austin Reeves is, that's a huge signing for them. Um, I didn't like the D-Lo signing as much, but I think it's they wanted to retain the asset because uh, he's still a asset at some point, the salaries uh, uh, match. But um, look, they signed Gabe Vincent to a $33 million deal three years. That's the best deal in the NBA so far this season uh, that, they've, that, that I've seen in free agency. That is an absolute steal. 
Um, they signed Rui Hachimura to a, to a, I believe it was four years, like what was it, 70 million, a lot of money, a lot of money. And, um, by the way, just, I have a little bit of a conspiracy theory, but, uh, look, they gave exactly $37 million to, um, D'Angelo Russell and they gave, I have to look up the deal again to Rui Hachimura, but those, those salaries match in case later on they want to trade those two guys for Kyrie Irving. Just putting that out there. So uh, that's my conspiracy theory there. But uh, look, overall the Lakers did well, man. They 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 for the money they had and the and the, and the issues they had with the cap, they did they did well considering. I mean, to get Reeves at that price is is, is steal, and then to get uh, freaking uh, Gabe Vincent, uh, you know, a, a tough guy who's been in the NBA Finals twice uh, with that experience. And his shooting for $33 million is the steal of free agency so far, in my opinion. So they're my winners so far, this free agency. You know, Rui Hachimura was balling in the in the Eastern, or excuse me, the Western Conference Finals, rather. And especially here, like, when the series was in Denver, he, he had, like, 17 points, like, in quick bursts in both games, a super high field goal percentage, like – Losing his production, his efficient production, would have been a huge blow to, to, the, to the Lakers. Um, and, and it's so funny because, you know, he was in the Western Conference Finals and uh, playing against the Nuggets. And um, KCP, who was also on the Nuggets, or was on the Nuggets, was also a, a Washington Wizard from a, a year past. You know, they're both playing on a huge stage. I wonder what the Wizards were thinking at that moment. But, you know, go, going back to the, the Lakers real quick, I know I, I, I tread along, but um, Gabe Vincent is a, a great signing, man. Like, he he had his moments. He, he didn't have the sharpest NBA finals, but he did have a great game, too. That was the one where the, the Heat won here in Denver. He had, like, 22, 23 points in that game. He gave Jamal Murray fits defensively after yeah. some He's a quality role player who, you know, is interchangeable as a reserve player or as a starter. And here's the thing, the way like the type of attention LeBron James attracts, this guy is going to be the recipient of a lot of open corner three pointers guaranteed. So he is a very big pickup for them. Um, But the Lakers have had a, a very good free agency, but I still think, you know, with what you get for Beal with what you mean, how you get Beal with, what you gave away is kind of unbeatable to me. Yeah, exactly. Um, I actually want to give you a loser as well this offseason. For me, it's the Rockets. I cannot I cannot fathom how you give $80 million to Dylan Brooks. Like this whole China thing was obviously not gonna happen. That was that was garbage. But for him to get $80 million over four years, Mateo, this is I'm not trying to hurt Rockets fans' feelings here. This is a true stat. Dylan Brooks was the second worst shooter in the NBA. Do you know the first worst, the first at the top of the category for the worst shooter in the league was? I bet you'll never guess it. Probably well, you know, tell me. It's Fred Van Vliet. They signed the two worst shooters in the NBA to a combined, I believe, almost $200 million. Uh, that's what they signed up. And look, I get why they signed Fred Van Vliet. He's a respectable player. He's a locker room setter. Uh, the guy's a pure veteran. Uh, he's a good player. Uh, does a lot of things well to help you win. But Dylan Brooks getting $20 million. I mean, who are you competing against to give him that money? I can guarantee you there's not another team out there lined up to give Dylan Brooks even remotely close to $80 million. So just because they have the cap room to do it, I'm just surprised they did it. Um, look, Dylan Brooks is not a bad player. Like he, I think 
to win a championship, you need a player like Dylan Brooks on your team. He brings a lot of stuff that people don't like to admit. The guy has a toughness about him. I mean, he gets in your head. That really affects players. Uh, I think you can win with Dylan Brooks, but to give him eighty million dollars is absurd. You know, yeah. Listen, that is high. Excuse me, but you know, teams have to are required by the CBA to spend at least like 80 75 percent it was like yeah 80 percent something like that so like naturally some dudes are gonna get overpaid you know he could count his lucky stars and you know he owes his agent thanksgiving dinner for that one but you know listen i don't hate the fred van vliet signing listen he's a guy who worked hard for everything he has you know undrafted you know a champion you know balled out in the nba finals by the way too you know after his uh, child was born also but he's a great locker room guy someone who i think is going to establish some order in houston because the young players have some talent that's as far as i'll go i do not like the way they play because one of their uh top players is alperin sangoon who i one of the guys i really like on this squad the guy i love sangoon man they call him mini um, Jokic. yes uh Porter, Green, the, these kids do not play well uh, around him, or at least when I when I saw them in up close in town for uh, a couple of games in the miniseries, after, some, after he was laying picks for them to get open, they were looking him off when he was open. I, I thought it was disgusting because at least in one half when Houston was in town here, Alpert and Sangoon was cooking the Joker. And, you know, a lot of that could have to do with Nikola's effort that night, but at least through like 24 minutes, he was giving him the business. And the next half, you know, naturally the Nuggets, you know, stomped the Rockets. But, you know, Fred Van Vliet is a player that, you know, I think is going to, you know, establish, you know, how the ball is supposed to move. You know, he's not going to let them run into so much, you know, ISO, which, you know, really turns off your teammates because it's not fun to play that way because when you do that a lot, Everybody just starts watching and becomes disinterested. Dylan Brooks, yeah, you know, the worst part about him is his antics, but I, I, I don't think for uh, – unless he does something stupid and it costs the team, I don't think the players on the Rockets are going to dislike him because he's like he's someone that's going to have their back and, you know, be a rider for them. So, you know, overpay, yeah, but they the Houston Rockets really had no choice. Yeah. Uh, well said, man. Um, do you have any other loser for this offseason? A team that you, that you quite scratched your head and said, man, what are they doing? You know, the Philadelphia 76ers are on the verge of, you know, <laughs> because Harden wants to bounce. You know, they gave up a, a quite a significant deal to get him. Um, you know, and here's the thing. It uh, you know, he, well, he, he obviously wanted to opt in to, you know, facilitate a, an easier move. You know, you know, it's it's very hard for you to get equal return back for even a player like him. I know he's not as good as he once was in his MVP years, but he just led the league in assists. He just averaged like uh, uh, over 20 points a game, or I think over like 21 points a game rather. And he had a couple of 40 pieces in the second round. And I'm not trying to, you know, prop up James Harden, but, you know, he's still a, a good player. And, you know, yeah. Putting him around Paul George and and Kawhi and pretty much mainly putting James as a pass first player, that could be you know very deadly out west. You know the seventy sixers are on the verge of being that team. Um, there's some reports, and I actually believe this. We'll talk about this for a minute. I actually believe there's a real chance that James Harden could actually stay, even though he requested a trade. 
there was this big famous party the other day. I forgot the name of the guy, but uh, Tobias Harris and Joel Embiid are there. They're all cracking jokes, smiling, hugging each other. Uh, I think Everything that's pretty. Grant there too. <laughs> yeah, everybody. Yeah, Grant Williams. Everybody was there, dude. But um, I think there's a a better chance that people think that actually James Harden might just stay for the one year and and work it out later on because Daryl Morey. We have to remember Daryl Morey loves this guy. I mean, he's banked his career on James Harden numerous times. Um, I think it's going to be hard for more just to give him away. Um, and look, there are issues if you if you do trade for Harden. I mean, this is a guy who's requested what trade request three times in a, in a span of a year. So I mean, this is a uh, this is or a year and a half, I should say. But well, with the Rockets and then the the Nets and now the Sixers, so maybe it's two years. But uh, the point is, he's requested a lot of trades. So I mean, anything can happen with this guy. I mean, he could be in LA Clippers for a week and say, you know what. I'm going to bounce. I don't like the way Kawhi and Paul George plays. I mean, at least he has some familiarity familiarity with uh, the Sixers. I do think there's a better chance that he actually stays. I, I think they're going to work this out. If anyone can work this out, it's Maury and, and Harden. So, um, and remember, I mean, playing of Embiid is always a nice thing. The guy won MVP. Uh, and he, as you said, he led the league in assists. It's kind of hard to go to another team and lead the league in assists and play the way he's still able to play the way he wanted, but uh, while, and, and, while Embiid was getting his. So, um, I don't think Maxi's is ready to be the second star yet. I think he needs one more year to to really have that title on that team. But uh, yeah, what do you think about that, real quick? Well, you know, if if he stays, you know, g- good for them because it it would really hurt, you know, to lose him. Even if if they get something back in a trade, it's it's very hard to replace his value. I know he does have his moments where he shrinks. You know, you re- they really have a, an emerging. I think star player in Tyrese Maxey. Yeah, I agree. You know, we both agree. I, I, I really lo- love his style because what I mostly like about him is you know his speed. I love to see him you know boat race opponents down the floor for a quick layup or a, or a dunk and you know, or you know just break someone down on the perimeter and you know slice inside the lane. He's a very exciting player to watch. And listen, James Harden may not. Or excuse me, he may have some quite be, or maybe a questionable character, you know, off the court. Uh, his his play style may not suit everyone, but there are some things he could teach Therese Maxey. Like, listen, like James Harden, not a perfect, you know, dude or player, but I, I feel like it'll surprise a lot of people if they look up his, you know, individual numbers. Like, you know, he's third all time and made three pointers. He, you know, he's like one of the great. He's one of the great scorers of the last generation. You know, while he still has game, he could be at least a useful, you know, teacher to you know one of the up and comers like Therese Maxey. You know, showing him some moves of you know how to be elusive. You know, how to draw fouls near the rim. You know, like James Harden was once a guy who uh, routinely led the league in like free throw attempts. So like. Losing him hurts for all. Well, uh, losing him would hurt for all those reasons. Keeping him, you know, would would you know just just helps him, of course. Yeah. Uh. Well, so that's enough on Harden. We'll see what happens. Uh. Like I said, it, it's going to be a game of chicken between you know Dame and 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 Harden. We'll see what how that plays out. I do want to um talk about one thing before we go, and that's Kyle Kuzma and Jeremy Grant. A lot of people saw him sign these big deals, uh, to really non-competitive teams once Dame leaves. But listen. This is a casual case of retaining the asset. This is what's going to happen. Jeremy Grant is going to be ultimately traded probably by the deadline this year and next year. 
They get some value for him. They get two salary dumps and a first round pick in the future. And they retain the first round pick and they, and they get two salary. It's all about retaining the asset, man. You don't want to lose him for nothing. It's kind of what, what the Wizards did with uh, with Kuzma. I think ultimately he's going to get traded. They just want to get some compensation back. Um, I, hence, I even think that's why heck the, the Mavs did it with Kyrie. I mean, three years, $126 million. They gave a lot to get him. You don't want to lose him for nothing. So you saw you saw this with a lot of teams. They just want to keep the asset and get something in the future as opposed to losing them. I don't blame them. Uh, and by the way, in a couple of years of the CBA, this is going, those, those contracts are going to look like steals in Grant and Kuzma. So I, I do think ultimately that this was a win for those teams as well. Well, you know, Kuzma is an emerging scorer. He's already a champion. You know, it seems like he, he wants to be the star of his own team and <laughs> you know, like, more power to him. I, I think he's someone who could really put up like 28 points a game. It's going to be on a very high usage, a team probably, you know, struggling to make the play in tournament, you know, or, you know, or else I could be surprised, you know, as a, as a guy who is a role player, I thought he was someone who uh, performed in his uh, spots. Well, like he, I thought he improved as a defender. Like he's someone who used his body and weighed around well to, you know, uh, takeaway avenues um, as a uh, as a help defender when guys on the other side were driving. But you know when you turn into like this twenty five point per game score, you you kind of start sacrificing a little or you're saving rather your your energy on the defensive end so you can uh, keep scoring buckets. I I think he's in a situation now that probably makes him happy. I think he wanted uh, the money most importantly than everything. Jeremy Grant, you know that was a. I didn't think there was a chance that they were, he was going to leave because of what they uh, gave up to get him. Five years, $160 million is old CBA money. And like like you said, like when the new figures start piling up, it's it's not going to be a bad deal. They'll, they'll have him for relatively a friendly uh, team <laughs> deal. Yeah. You know, he, he's someone like, in, in case like Damian stays, you got a really good player at his position. In case you get a haul and – in a Damian Lillard trade, he is still one of your very good players and you have some direction with him. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you said it best, man. Um, anything else before we close this out? Yeah, man. It, it, I, I think this Damian Lillard trade could take some time um, real quick on that. And now summer league, I'm very excited for the festivities that are going to be, well, I'm not that I'm going, but I'm just, excited to watch all these prospects you know going to be balling in las vegas but um you know this this year is going to be awesome just it is I, man I, I really believe that for sure. it is man uh the nba is so talented i can't remember a more talented year than this year i mean even the bad teams have talent man i mean the wizards are bad but pool kuzma and and tyus jones i mean that team could score some points they can win you a couple games the pistons have Cade cunningham Jaden ivy uh the young, you know, Thompson. I mean, even the bad teams are going to be fun to watch this year. So I can't remember that like five years ago. There were some teams I just did not want to watch. Even the Hornets are going to be watchable. Brandon Miller, LaMelo, and uh, uh, Mikhail Bridges coming back. Um, you, I mean, that's how you know the league is so deep this year. It's just it's just going to be a fun year to watch. Um, looking forward to doing, a, you know, a year-long a, a year -long pod of you talking what's going on, hoops all around. And, uh, you know, it's going to be a lot of fun, man. 
You know, it's, it's so funny you mentioned even the bad teams are, you know, enjoyable to watch because I think back to like the 76ers of like 2014 and 15 before like when they drafted Embiid and like waiting for him to play. And, you like know, three years. Yeah. yeah like, struggles with Nerlens. Like, oh, my God, this team is unwatchable. But no, like, yeah, like a team like Houston, like they're like a glorified AAU squad. I can't wait. Yeah. to. <laughs> so, yeah. Great, great Dude, um, it's going to be fun, man. Uh, Mateo, thanks for coming on. We're going to do this twice a week. So uh, we'll, once we get our schedule going, uh, you'll see us twice a week at least talking to NBA hoops. Thanks for coming on, man. Thank you.